0: I am absolutely delighted to speak with Heidi today because we have just had a wonderful conversation for over 30 minutes, almost 40 minutes, actually, (laughs) getting to know one another and just the exploration of each other's interests and who we are. And I can't wait to dive in deeper with you, Heidi. And one thing that you said in that conversation really struck me, we were talking about my travels and how I had been to your area of the world in Oregon. And you brought up this phrase internal seeking. It just lit me up when you said it. You also talked about getting an alignment with what you're supposed to do and setting your internal GPS so that you can uncover yourself personally, dive deeper into self-discovery. And that's just such a lovely way of phrasing it. I'd love to start off with hearing about what brought you to Oregon because you also shared with me your time in Los Angeles where I live. And I would love to know what that transition is like because I might make that myself one day. (laughs) I hope you do. Many, many
1: Californians have come to Central Oregon because it is fantastic. It is wonderful. So I actually was, I'm a native Oregonian. I was born in Eastern Oregon in a tiny, tiny town And I lived in Oregon until I was six years old. And then my family moved to Central California. And I spent 30 years in California, the Central Coast, San Diego, and then 15 years in Los Angeles before moving back to Oregon. And my family, who had not been in Oregon for 30 years, kind of piece by piece had moved back. So my brother and sister-in-law and my nephew and then my mother and her husband They said, Well, we've got to be up there if that's where half the family is. So we're going to spend our time there. And I was pregnant with my second child, and I had a three year old. And my ex husband is a paraplegic. So he's paralyzed from the kind of the center of the rib cage down. And we also had this big, big giant business that he was running while I was having kids and going through in vitro and having a second while having a toddler. And having all of the other things that were on our plate, I just knew that I was going to need extra support. So the decision to move back to Oregon was really family induced. It was like, I need support because this is going to be a lot. This is just going to be a lot to have another child and have a partner who was not able to like pick up a baby that just isn't in the mix. So that's what brought me back to Oregon and my family is all still here. The marriage is not still here and I am no longer part of the business that we created um, together for 10 years, but I'm still here. And this is sort of where the GPS led me. I didn't know what was going to happen when I got here, but everything that has unfolded in this space has been absolutely purposeful as I think everything we experience in life is purposeful, but it's allowed me to really uncover. And I think it's kind of fascinating too, that I was born just three hours from here. And so I'm kind of astrologically, I'm on like the same line of I can't, astrogeography, like I'm on the same line that I was born into. And I came here and I have done, I've been here seven years. And I've done an incredible amount of healing. And in that healing of my human experiences of ending a marriage that I thought I would never end and I'm pivoting out of a business that I was partner with, fifty percent partner of, into what I'm actually meant to be doing has been the joy of my life. I mean, what has been created through this has led me to my purpose. So that's the seeking, that's the inner seeking. It's like I'm getting all these messages from intuitive hits and inner knowing and claircognizance. I'm like, we got to move to Oregon. I've got to end my marriage. I've got to leave the business. Oh my gosh, I don't know what's next. I just know it's not more of this. And I had to trust what was in there. And that's the continual seeking. And I believe that the things that we want, it's like you talk about your travels. And in the beginning, it was like, hey, I'm going to travel to see my family. And then now it's blossomed into how many amazing places can I see along the way? And so the fact that you have this kind of North Star of Discovering the beauty of the continental United States and Canada or wherever you can go in a car is purposeful and that's given to you by your soul. And so, as you continue to seek, you will continue to discover more about the world, more about nature, more
0: about whatever, and more about yourself. Wow. I'm already blown away with how you articulate yourself. I'm just <laughs> sitting here bathing in all your statements. I mean, there's so many directions. Speaking of a GPS, it's like, actually, that's an interesting question. I would love to pause to hear your thoughts on this. What happens when you have so many options and they all sound great? How do you know which direction to go and how do you decide? Really? Maybe it's not even about knowing. It's just making a choice of Wow, I could go this place, this place, this place, but I need to pick one to start. How do you decide in those moments, Heidi? I'll tell you something, Whitney. Let me tell you something.
1: I have grown to radically, I don't want to use the word distrust, but because of where I have been led in the last seven years and what I have become as a hypnotist and hypnotherapist, I understand our mind in such a profound way now and our energy, it's like I hesitate because I don't want to use the wrong word. I don't put a lot of faith into our conscious mind. So if you are trying to pick where you are meant to go next and you're making a list and you're a pro and con list or whatever, and you're using your logical mind to make a decision, I know that that decision can be radically influenced by all of the subconscious programming from this moment and every moment prior to this moment. We are so conditioned to make decisions using our mind, to weigh out the pros and cons, to be logical using our logical mind instead of relying on our energy, like relying on that inner knowing, those inner sort of like, you want to go here and you're like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense because I'm going this direction. And it's like, no, 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 your energy just spoke to you and said, we need to go this direction. And our journey, our process of seeking and going to where we're meant to go, when we listen to the inner wisdom, to the inner nudge and the energy, it's like, if you asked me right now, hey, I'm trying to decide between these five places to go on my road trip, I would ask you to feel, literally feel into each one of them. I would say, disregard your thoughts about it, disregard what makes sense like logically or with your time frame or with your money or whatever. And I want you to feel into it because your energy can be, and that's what intuition is and sort of the clairs, the claircognizance, cognizance, the clear, whatever it's being guided by your highest self. So your highest self is going to amplify the one that is correct. It's like the GPS should always be energetic before it's like consciously chosen because we really get Tied up in, well, does that make sense? I don't know why I would want to do that. I don't even get how that even works right now. And it's like there's something in it. Those moments in life where you're like, man, I can't stay here because this is not cutting it. Whatever that is in a relationship or your money mindset or your career, or you got to shift careers. You're like, oh, this does not light me up anymore. And there's often that moment of like, I need to step forward, but I don't even see a step. It always makes me think of Indiana Jones. And then he's like, there's nothing here. It's a big cavernous hole in the cave or whatever. And then he steps and then suddenly the bridge appears, but he couldn't see it. And I feel like when we trust where we are being led via what feels good, like what actually makes you come more alive of all of these places, which one has the highest kind of frequency at the moment? Because the things that we want, these North Stars that dangle are purposeful. It is not necessarily a linear process to get from where you are to where you think you're going. It may be a zigzag. It may be, hey, you're actually on the road trip. You're going to get a flat tire and you're going to have to spend the night in the armpit of California, which side note, when I was in college, I left San Diego and I was driving home for the summer in my Volkswagen Cabriolet. And I got to Hanford. It's like a cow town. It's literally when you're driving on the five, it's just cows. It must be where they cow factory and it smells like cows and whatever. And I pulled over to get gas and I was driving to Vacaville, which is in between like San Francisco and Sacramento. It's like right there. And I was halfway and I stopped at the gas station. I fueled up. I went back into my car and turned it on and a fire started. An electrical fire started in my console underneath like all of the wires melted together there was smoke and i'm at the gas tank like i'm at the tank and people are filling up their cars their u-haul trucks or whatever and everyone's looking at my car because there's smoke and you can smell it so this is a random example but i'm going with it because i was intuitively led to tell the story i had to call my family and my brother had to drive 4 hours from where i was headed to come and get me and i had to sit in like a i don't know it was a carl's junior or something for hours while he came. And then my car had to live in Hanford while it was repaired. And it was like, I don't even know, a month or something. But there's something in that. Like there was something in that experience for me, for my family, for my brother. So it's like my intention that morning was excitement over driving home and being home for the summer and being in this beautiful space. But we have experiences along the journey that are meant for us. And so it's not always about like, what's the most efficient way to go? And which makes most sense right now? It's like, what literally lights you up? What literally makes your energy like elevate? That's how we decide. That's the GPS. The GPS is what is the thing that is most powerful for my energy?
0: That makes so much sense. And yet I can relate to both sides of it. As a person, I tend to be someone who takes the most efficient routes. That feels safe to me. And yet I would prefer to be somebody who could tune in and be more in touch. Like there's sides of me that are that way. But when I'm thinking literally about a trip as you're painting this, what I've struggled with each year that I do these road trips, I tend to over plan. And then I'm on the trip thinking, wow, I wish I had just left a little bit more up to the moment. I wish that I wasn't on this schedule because wouldn't it be nice to go a completely different direction? But I don't know, truly, I don't fully know how to operate that way because it feels unsafe to me. So I have some
1: insight. Number one, something just came to me for you. And that is, what if when you were planning this trip, like next year's trip, what if you just planned like one place at a time? Like, I'm going to go here and then you stay in that place and you might know where the next place is. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm going to go to Central Oregon and I'm going to explore Bend and I'm going to explore sisters and all of the nature around it. And then when you have your fill, I have a girlfriend right now who in the last year lived all over the United States. She packed up her dog and a little tiny trailer behind her truck and she said, I'm just going. I don't know where I'm going. But I'm just going to go. And she was led. She just kept she was led. And then she came home. And she was like, I'm moving to Costa Rica. I don't know. I know I'm supposed to be down there. And she just said, it's like you have the end destination in mind. But instead of planning it, planning it, planning it to the day by Wednesday, I've got to be over here. It's like, okay, I have X amount of days to make this trip. Or maybe you don't have an end date on when you arrive. And you go to one place. And then when you've had your fill and you're like, okay, it's time, your highest soul self will tell you when it's time to leave. It's like, you've had enough, you've seen enough, and now it's time to go to the next place. But you have had such an experience in these last couple of trips you've had to see that, oh man, I want more of this, like this place or this experience or the blue pool or whatever, that I think that you're kind of ahead of the game you know what I mean? Ahead of where you were in 2020 when you first decided to make a road trip. And so you have this insight about the things that did light you up, that you could return to without parameters. Like I get 48 hours in bend or whatever it is. It's like, you know what I mean? Like it would be so amazing to do that kind of trip and it's not always feasible. But there I answered that. But now I forgot the question before that, because this was an aside.
0: That's a great example, right? Is that you go in a different direction and it's okay to leave behind the original intention. And we're speaking kind of literally about this experience. It's revealed so much to me, this process of traveling. I think this is part of the draw for me is that, I mean, I could go on and on. I've done so many episodes about the experience of traveling, how this has evolved over time, how it's helped me understand these things that we might not experience if we stay in our day-to-day life. When you travel, there's so many things that are out of your control. There's so many unfamiliar things, unknowns. You're at a higher chance of being challenged to grow. And that's part of the appeal for me, even though it can feel radically uncomfortable. I mean, I've traveled so much unexpectedly this year in 2022. I didn't even know that these opportunities were going to come up. In fact, one of them was to go to Costa Rica for the first time. So it's interesting you mentioned that. I didn't know. It happened like a few weeks I got the opportunity to go. And I mean, a few weeks ahead of time. And it was, wow, this feels uncomfortable, but I'm going to say yes and do it. And actually, a lot of the experience was uncomfortable. But in hindsight, I think, wow, this was glorious despite all that discomfort. And I'm curious, based on some of your story, Heidi, when you're talking about these transitions as a mother I would love to hear more about what that's like for you and that decision to leave behind a business and a marriage and a home. I imagine that there was a lot of discomfort in that. So if you're willing to go in that direction, I would like to hear that process was like for you. I mean, this really goes back to childhood.
1: And when we drop in, when our beautiful, light soul self drops into the human experience. We come into the body of a baby. And from that moment, and sometimes prior to that moment, like in utero, we start to develop, right? We start to be patterned and programmed. We come in and we're like tabula rasa. It's a blank slate. And we have these experiences. We have these parents. We have maybe these siblings. We have this socioeconomic kind of level that we're born into, but we don't have anything. Everything is given to us either through like mirroring what is happening around us, just watching patterns through behaviors of those who are around us, being in school, learning about social things from being teased, all of these things. And so our mind, it's like a sponge until we're like eight years old and we're just being patterned. We're being programmed. Our personality is being developed. So when I was young, I have two very loving parents who ended their marriage when I was four. I have a younger sibling. I have an older half-sibling. And from that point, from four years old on, I mean, I was born into this and I am energetically a very sensitive, highly sensitive. I mean, you people would classify me as an HSP, as an empath. I'm a projector with an open solar plexus in human design, which means I take in and amplify the emotional energy of everyone around me. Like I cannot help it. My gifts kind of expanded beyond the capacity of the people that were in my life. So I knew things. I had clear cognizance. I would just know things. And I was also very sensitive. So as a kid, and I can say all of this with grace, I have healed so much of it, but I had to go back and look at it and understand like, oh my gosh, the underlying theme of my kind of human story was that I was a burden because I was too much. My feelings were too big. I knew things. I was sensitive. I would cry like because I was just trying to manage. And my parents were like, whatever, we're just raising kids and whatever. So if that's the theme that for 40 years was behind the curtain, like between my conscious mind and my subconscious, my subconscious is creating the life that I'm living. It is writing the script that I'm living out consciously. So our conscious mind is less than 10% of our mind's capacity. The rest of it is subconscious and unconscious, body's consciousness and subconscious. So my subconscious is like, be careful. Don't ask for too much. You're already a burden. You are not worthy of having your needs met, of having your emotional needs met. You need new shoes. Well, there was this whole thing about getting a new pair of track shoes and mom was like, "No, you need to ask your dad." And I was like, "I don't even know him." Like, how am I supposed to? I'll just do without. So, fast forward, I found security in religion. From the time I was 12, I didn't I wasn't raised in a religious home, but I needed something that was secure, and I found that in religion. And I was within that religion for 25 years and it served me in ways and it wounded me in other ways, which all are part of my story. All were necessary for my evolution as a soul, for me to come into my purpose. It's like that dangling carrot or that North Star. I had to experience these things in order to get to where I am and where I'm going. So my ex-husband is a wonderful, wonderful human being. And I found him. We met and... We were married less than a year later. He was my first boyfriend. He's a paraplegic. And somewhere within my subconscious, I was being guided toward safety and security. Just a couple of months prior to meeting him, I had gone to Italy for the first time with my three best friends. And it was such a magical experience. I was there for like 10 days. And I remember so acutely, my energy was like, you are not going home. You cannot go home. This is where you come to life. This is where you become. And I got back on the plane and I went back to my job and I gave away and sold all of my furniture. I told myself, for my 30th birthday, I'm going to move to Italy, which was one year later. I had gone for my 29th birthday and I was like, in one year, I'm moving to Italy. That is it. Well, then I met Josh, my ex husband, in June. My best birthday is in February. And by February of the next year, we were engaged. So I went from being like, here is the North Star, is you're moving to Italy. This was where you're going to come alive. Like my energy was just like, this is where we go. And then here came this thing. And a lot of people will talk about like, oh, you were being tested. Like you're being tested to see if you were really ready to go. Were you really ready to do the big thing that you were being guided to do that your soul was like, you need to move to Italy. And then here came this thing that was a relationship safety, security. And subconsciously, there was a, this is a person who is paralyzed from the ribs, like way up high. I mean, literally way up high on the ribs down. This person is in a wheelchair and this person is a dreamer. This person has huge dreams. For them to realize these dreams, it's going to take a lot from me. And my subconscious was like, you will never be a bigger burden. And I don't use those lightly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like, oh, he's a burden. My subconscious, which is my inner children, right? Like my inner child is like, you're always going to be able to give. You're never going to need to receive more than this person. So I got married and really was happy. And I felt safe and secure. And we held similar values and wanted the same kinds of things. And I became sort of the woman behind the man, as often happens, right? The woman, the wife, generally, a lot of times is the woman behind the man. Like she's taking care of the home, she's doing the grocery shopping, she's cooking the meals so that he can go and do the work. And then I went through IVF to conceive our children. And I became half of what became the last bookstore. I mean, I had roles within the bookstore itself. I helped build it literally like with hands and things. And I did work on behalf of it and different things like that. But mostly what I did was support Josh so that he could actualize and bring to life this dream of his soul to have this bookstore. And then we built another one in Bend and he's since remarried and they've built another one and they're building another one. And so it just keeps expanding and it's so beautiful. But the foundation of the last bookstore and the family that we created, the life that we created together was big, beautiful business, healthy, gorgeous, amazing, brilliant little children. And the marriage was very platonic. It was very much a friendship. And within it, I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And by the end of our marriage, I was halfway to adrenal failure. I was very, very depressed. I had a ton of anxiety because I was so out of alignment. I had chosen this thing. What happened is my subconscious had chosen This thing had indicated to my conscious mind, this is for you. And I absolutely believe that that experience was for me. Like being in a marriage that was really hard and getting halfway to adrenal failure and learning how to trust that inner wisdom and like the nudges of my soul and my spirit, which I believe guided by source energy, God, love, like everything that is outside of what we can sort of perceive as a human being. But I really did get to a point where I mean I would just collapse on the kitchen floor. I mean Liz Gilbert is someone who I've loved, list, you know, reading her books and I've seen her speak several times, and she was like, "I'm on the bathroom floor and I like there's just not everywhere and all these things." And it's like that's that place that is so painful, but it is reality. I mean. When you get that far into something that you are holding on to for the wrong reasons, that you are white knuckling because of your parents don't want you to get divorced or you have children and you shouldn't quote unquote get divorced or whatever. It's like when you get to that point, the body is the last place it shows up. Like our body's going to speak. But when we have ignored when it has been this sort of thing out here going like, hey, you might wanna look at this. And it's like, no, 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 I don't need to look at that. I won't even entertain the thought of getting divorced. The longer that we go, on ignoring, then we allow it to manifest in our bodies. And I had gotten to that point and my son was, oh my gosh, so four years ago, he would have been three. He was two and my daughter was five when I finally came and brought this to the table. Like I had done a year of work prior to having that conversation. Once I realized like this is everything has to change, like absolutely everything has to change because I'm not going to make it like I will not make it. I had lost hope in my life and I had these beautiful children and so much, I mean, on paper, it's like, we're an attractive couple and we've got a big, beautiful business and we've got amazing kids and we own a house and beautiful Bend, Oregon. And it's like, yeah, we can take all of these boxes, but it was just out of energetic alignment. It was out of alignment with my soul and what I was supposed to be doing. And I had just held on so long. And so the transition out of the marriage was really to save not only myself, but my ex-husband and my children. Because if I didn't, I didn't care if I wrapped my car around a tree. Like I just was so careless and I wouldn't wish adrenal fatigue like to that level on anyone because there is no pill. Like it is literally, you have to change your whole life. So that transition, most difficult conversation of my life to say, like, I don't want to be married anymore and this isn't working for anybody. And it was so powerful. It fried my phone, which was in the next room. The energy was so intense of having to stand in this. Kind of conversation of like, wow, I am doing this and I have to do this. And what has come in the wake of that has been beautiful. I have a very, very friendly relationship with my ex husband. It's very respectful. I have the same with his wife, and she is co mother for me. She's co mother for my two children. And the transition out of the business came a year later. I stayed in the business working still as co owner and really found like, oh gosh, this was never my dream. Like I was the support of someone else's dream. I was kind of a shadow artist. I was a shadow dreamer. I was like, I'll stand here and I'll support you. And I'll make sure that you can do exactly what you need to do to grow your dream. But I had lost whatever mine was. And so I found human design and I was like, Oh, I get this. I know I meant to go in this direction. And then I became a hypnotist. And I left that business almost three years ago, the bookstore. And it's all been for the better. I mean, there are bumps here and there. But really what I've done is released some of the layers that I had been wearing. Like, you need to be this, and you need to do this, and you need to whatever. And it's like, underneath that is my authenticity. But it's like I had to heal and sort of alchemize the wounds of the experiences I have had throughout my life. I had to turn them into wisdom so that they're no longer active. They're no longer like in there influencing my conscious decisions.
0: Heidi, I am captivated by your story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, I was just hanging on every word and every twist and turn in your life. And again, now I'm sitting here thinking there's so many things that I want to expand upon. But if I may there, it reminded me of something I brought up when you and I were discussing things before recording, which was, how I was listening to an episode of the podcast On Being with Krista Tibbett. And I asked you about the show and even now feel like I would highly recommend it to you and to the listeners. The specific episode, which is with a guest who I imagine you've heard of, Heidi, uh, Bessel Vanderkolk, who wrote The Body Keeps the Score. You're familiar. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I had read Bessel's book, many years ago. I've been thinking about revisiting it. And my therapist actually brought it up to me recently because we were talking about trauma. And Bessel said a few things that really remind me of some of what you shared. One of them is you were talking about being a burden. First of all, something I can relate to. I think that's one of my childhood wounds as well of like feeling like my needs weren't going to be met or I was asking for too much because I too have always been a very sensitive person. And like that feeling of like being too much and simultaneously not feeling good enough is so interesting to examine. On this podcast episode, Bessel says something about the power of feeling taken care of and feeling believed and that it's possible to survive just about anything as long as you have the people who are important to you on your side. And I thought, wow, just like feeling believed, like your needs feeling believed, but also that feeling of taken care of reminds me of what you're talking about. Because I don't feel like I felt that taken care of. And much like you, sometimes that translates into me taking care of other people giving other people something that I haven't often felt and how rare unique it feels to feel taken care of. It's like that deep childhood yearning. And Bessel also said, the way that people overcome events of the past is to be still enough and have an alternative experience. But it's only if you have an experience of being different, of I am safe now that the body feels relaxed. And that reminds me of you talking about how the body is often the last to know when you feel safe, when you feel relaxed. And I'm thinking, wow, I mean, how many people are walking around, even if they haven't had any big trauma or trauma even that they know of, because sometimes it's so deep that we don't even remember it. It just feels like people are walking around with so much tension, so much stress, burnout, anxiety, depression, like these are incredibly common. Now I'm curious with what you said, if that's so prevalent, so many people are verbalizing those feelings in their body, what is going on within their unconscious? Like with your work now in hypnotherapy, do you ever feel like in this moment, I'm thinking, How do we navigate this world if so many people are in those deep states of unrest, those deep states of tension, so below the surface that they may not even be aware of it? I have so many things
1: to say. These are brilliant insights that you have brought up. This is why I'm on the planet. So I'm just about to tell you like why I'm on the planet. So I mentioned like our soul drops in to the body of this baby and we begin the human experience. And we're here to have experiences, beautiful, hard, in between, the mediocre, in an effort for our soul to evolve, to understand like, oh, that's what it's like to live over here. That's what it's like to be this kind of person, or that's what it's like to have this kind of human experience. And we cannot remember. So our soul is worthy. What is that word? It's like, no, they just are. We just are. We just Are like we have infinite potential and we are light and we are powerful and we are here to do beautiful things and whatever. But we have to forget the curriculum. Like we don't know what the curriculum is when we drop in. We have to forget. So there's this moment. And when I work in hypnotherapy, when I do sessions one on one, I'm looking for the moment that they simultaneously begin to forget and begin to experience being a human. So there's a moment when sometimes it's in utero. Sometimes it's, I'm eight months old. I'm lying on the blanket. I'm outside. My mom is next to me. What's happening. She's not looking at me. Okay. What are you thinking? I want her to look at me right now. I want her to look at me and she's not looking at me. Well, how does that make you feel? I'm scared. I'm separate. This is the first moment that I've ever felt. I'm on my own. Like I am a human on my own journey here. Like this is my own and I'm separate. And before this, I felt whole and loved and safe and worthy. So what happens is we build, because it is the human experience, we build this barricade between our human conscious understanding and our soul who lives within us, within our energy and within us. We build a barricade, unintentionally, this is the human experience, of all the experiences that we've had. So some of the experiences that we have illuminate our soul's light. Like if someone's like, oh my gosh, she's such an amazing artist. Like, let me give you all the art tools. Let me put you in lessons. Let me let you play as an artist because I can see that this is something that lights you up. Like you come alive when you do this thing. And sometimes we have those experiences. They amplify, they create space for oneness, connection between our highest, worthiest soul self and our human that's having this human experience. And some of the experiences that we have, and we have them over and over and over and over and over again, separate us. It does not amplify our light, but it is like an opaque, it's like a piece of coal. It's like this opaque experience that is this, what's got the energy of it. It's got the whatever, the circumstances themselves. And it's like, okay, that goes here. And the subconscious is like, okay, things are coming at me. As a child, we're just like, things are coming at me. I don't know how to think because my brain hasn't been developed yet. So I'm going to take this circumstance, this thing that just happened with my family. It doesn't feel good. So I need to figure out how to change so that I feel good again. How do I do that? Okay, let me change my attachment style. That's how our attachment styles are created. That's how our belief in ourselves is created. It's through experience after experience after experience. And we build up these barricades. So some people might have a barricade, limited access to their worth, their worthiness, their highest self in an area like of relationships. They might not feel worthy of having the big, beautiful relationship that they dream of in their heart someone might have limited access to their worth and their highest self and living in oneness with their highest self in the area of money. So they're constantly just scraping by and it's like, oh, I'm just getting there. And it's like, oh, we don't have access to what we dream of. And that is to feel abundant and peaceful and like, okay, financially. And maybe somebody has it in the area of health because they were raised by parents who maybe were sick or couldn't take care of themselves or had bad eating habits. And so now here's this adult person who's struggling with their weight because they are living from the barricade. We live from the experiences, and so many of our experiences have unprocessed emotional energy. So, when we are in the present moment and we are stressed out, I mean, anxiety is fear about the future, depression is like stuff about the past, it's sadness about what happened and whatever. And if we don't take ownership and a radical responsibility of like, okay, I am energy. We are all energy an energetic, electromagnetic energy being before, during, and after we have a physical self. So when we kind of are always looking at the physical and whatever, and we're not going, how am I showing up right now? Wow. I have so much anxiety right now. I am not feeling anxiety. I am. I am anxiety in the world right now. That is what I am adding to the world right now when people have unprocessed emotional energy from experiences. And like you said, people don't have to have traumatic capital T, little t, people can have absolutely beautiful upbringings and life experiences. And yet there are still things that can separate you from living in alignment and oneness with your highest soul self. So when we take a little bit of inventory in the now of like, gosh, I teach emotional energy agency. Like I teach you how to understand what these emotions are. I teach you how to shift your emotional energy because you are manifesting. You are calling in. It's like a radio station. If you are tuned to the station of rage because you're so angry about what you experienced, you are just sending out the signal of like more of this. And then somebody cuts you off and you fly into a rage because it is so unjust We repeat patterns in our relationships. We repeat patterns in our dynamics with friends and with work and money and all the different things. But what is happening to your energy in this moment? We carry with us all that we have experienced. So if you are a glass of water and an experience of beauty, just like beautiful experiences in your childhood, and you had very caring, loving parents, and they held space for you, and let's say that's like yellow, and we're dropping in little drops of yellow food coloring. Well, we have a very beautiful, brightly yellow colored thing. Oh, and let's say that there's a whole bunch of love in your life and we're dropping in pink. So we've got pink and we've got yellow and it's turning into this really beautiful color. But then let's say that there's somebody in your life and it's intentional. Not that their actions are intentional, but this person being in your life to provide you with these experiences are unfair. They are mean. You might have a grandparent who's just mean and you're afraid of them or whatever. And let's say that that color is, let's say it's black and if we're dropping in some black well that's going to shift the color that's going to shift the color so the more we have these beautiful light experiences that's the color that we are that we go forward it's very easy for us it's very familiar for us to resonate to be in that frequency of like oh it's light and it's beautiful but the more we have these sort of lower frequency experiences and mostly i think as children we're not allowed to process them you know what i mean it's like don't you cry That's not appropriate here. You be quiet. You don't make a scene. We don't ever go, like, oh, do you remember? Mom told you to process that later. Mom was like, don't do that here. We don't ever revisit. And that's sort of where my work comes in because we store emotional, like this heavy, negative hate, anger, rage. Like we store these destructive energies from our experiences. It's like we have these, the subconscious space is infinite. It will always be with you and it contains every moment of your life. So, If we can go in and alchemize, like if we can turn that black droplet that we dropped in all of these black droplets, if we could pull them out and say, oh my gosh, the circumstance does not change. The experience does not change. Your perception, when we come at it, which is my work, I take you back to just your soul. What is your soul's perception? Your soul is infinitely worthy, full of potential, full of dreams, full of gifts, And when we come back to these experiences, the color of the emotion, we neutralize the emotion. So suddenly all of that black and dark red or dark purple or like whatever those frequencies feel like, we neutralize them and turn them back into water. And that allows you to be in those higher frequencies. It's not in cutting them off. It's not in ignoring them, that you carry them with you always. So when we stop in the now, And take inventory of the past because everything that we have experienced in the past has manifested the current moment. So where are you at? Where are you at financially? Where are you at in your relationships? Where are you at in your relationship with yourself? Like, where's your relationship with food and health? Where is it with social injustices? Like, where are you at? And if you aren't where you want to be, it's not about how do you strive to get there? It's what are you hooked into? What piece of your story in the past has hooked into you in the now that has created this limited experience? You want to be there and you are not there. How do you get there? You turn around and you go and find the thing that is meant for you. So even if, and I don't have a big T trauma, but I have lots of little things that happen just over and over and over again, made me hypervigilant. And I've probably been on the adrenal fatigue spectrum since I was like five years old. But when I started to do hypnotherapy as a client and as a practitioner, and I understand it's like, it's the same with every single person. So when you start to go, oh my gosh, that person feels different. Like it feels amazing to be around this person. That's different than being around this person. Everyone is showing you kind of on the spectrum of living as a human who occasionally remembers that they have a soul and living as a soul who's here on a human. There's just like this little toggle. And you can see when people are like aligned with their worthiness and the truth about who they are, and they're living very authentic, very, very authentic lives. And then you can see when people are living out of their wounds. And that's kind of where this like anxiety and the depression and there's obviously there are levels of depression I'm not speaking to if when there's major chemical stuff happening, but people can just be like a They're just like, whatever, they're bored, they're uninspired, they're whatever, or they're mean. You can see people, you can see if somebody is triggered by something. And what is your response to that? Because we can choose our response, but our subconscious chooses it for us. Our subconscious is wired to protect and keep safe what already is in there. So when you're trying to change something in your life and it doesn't come easy, that's because you have mechanisms and patterns in place to keep everything the same. Your subconscious is made to protect like these wounded inner children, like the inner child. And we talk about like the self-sabotage, right? The saboteur is in there. And it's like, ah, I keep getting in my own way. And it's like, no, 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 it's out of protection. It's out of, hey, I'm gonna keep you safe. And so if we're trying to do that, if we stop and look, back and use hypnosis just to access the subconscious. It's just a relaxation method with a very specific intention. We can go in there and go, oh my gosh, (gasps) I have thought this about myself my whole life. And here's the experience where I accepted that that was true about me and it had nothing to do with me. It was someone else. And we just hand down from generation to generation to generation, these beliefs, these ways of doing life and it manifests in our behavior. So I'm here to help humanity alchemize the wounds from their past into wisdom. I'm here to teach them how to take ownership of their emotional energy, their energetic body in the now, in the present moment, so that they manifest more of that in their future. Because if we don't look at the past, we're doomed to repeat it. It will continue to repeat until we go, hang on a second, let me find the root of this and we find the root of this, then it's no longer a thing that keeps sprouting. And we have more capacity to move forward into the next thing, into
0: the next thing that is meant for us. But we have to deal with what's already happened that we didn't deal with yet. What you've been talking about is so compelling. And I go back to something I said to you before we started recording, which is that I'm amazed that you don't have your own podcast because you are so eloquent. You have so much to share. You talked about like your own little version of TED Talks and your private life. And I could just sit here absorbing so much. And there were a few things that really resonated. First of all, I had this moment of clarity and aha in the simplicity of that phrase. It had nothing to do with me. I find that so comforting because I see the truth in that. And looking back on my life, I somehow got this idea that it did have something to do with me. I was told somehow, whether directly or indirectly, over and over again, not to trust myself. So trust became a really big challenge. It's hard and it kind of goes back to what I was sharing before. Like It's hard for me to make decisions sometimes. Like I have all these options. Which one do I choose? Which is the best one? Which feels safe to me? And that idea of not being able to trust over and over again. And now I'm at a point in my life thinking, actually, I've had the answers all along. And people kept telling me things that weren't in alignment with me. And I knew it deep down, but I still believed them. I still internalized them. I still said, oh, they're right and I'm wrong. That was part of the like idea. So I began to seek external guidance over and over and over again and get so confused and not trust my internal guidance. But when you shared that phrase, it had nothing to do with me. I found myself thinking, you're right. They don't know what they're talking about. That has nothing to do with me. That has nothing to do with my path. And yet what I'm really interested in is finding the root. And that leads me to curiosity about what does hypnotherapy look like for someone like myself who's never done it, who's curious about it? Now that you've outlined more of the process, the benefits, the outcomes, I'd love to go back to the basics of like, what is it like? Let's say right now I'm feeling very interested in doing a session with you just in full transparency. I'm like, wow, like after we finish recording, I want to book a session with Heidi because this just sounds so interesting. I at least want to experience it. So lead me through what that's like for me or for the listener who might be feeling the same thing. Like, what if right now we're ready to book and we go to your website is that how it works? Like you book a time and you can do it virtually or do you need to do hypnotherapy in person? Like, what is this, what is it like? I love that
1: it has sparked something within you. I think that's part of sort of what I'm also here to do is break down these sort of preconceived ideas about hypnosis. And like, when I say I'm a hypnotist, people are like, oh, oh, oh. They have this different responses to that. It's either they're afraid of it, that I'm gonna hypnotize them without their knowing or whatever. But I love that that has sparked some interest in you. So the first thing that I would say is, hypnosis is super safe. You are always in control. So if somebody, I mean, I have a lot of people who are kind of like hanging on the fence. They're like, oh, I hear you talk and it sounds so good and I feel very inspired by it and whatever, but I'm still afraid. And so the first thing I would say is hypnosis is not something to be afraid of. Hypnosis is literally just process of focusing on one thing to the exclusion of everything else so that you can drop in. So we pass through stages of hypnosis all the time. I mean, if you've ever been so engrossed in a book or a movie that someone had to say, Whitney, 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 you were in a state of hypnosis. You were focused on one thing to the exclusion of everything else. So working with a hypnotist or hypnotherapist is really just your willingness. Anyone who is willing, who has a functioning brain, can be hypnotized. It's willingness. It's literally you just being so focused on what I'm saying and the directions that I'm giving you. It can be done over Zoom. I work with people kind of all over the world because you're in the safety of your own home or your own space. And so it kind of makes it easier for you to be comfortable where you didn't have to drive across town or come into somebody's office or whatever. So I primarily work over Zoom because I can reach more people. And prior to that, like if people are just coming to the table of like, whoa, hypnotherapy or hypnosis, I have a library of self-hypnosis audios. They are beautiful. They bring your nervous system into a beautiful state of rest and digest. And they are not just hypnotherapy, they also work with your energy. So what I have you do is like, it's called alignment school. And so there's like align with love, align with abundance, align with money, align with worthiness, align with, I just actually created two more that are coming out in a couple of days, align with exercise, align with healthy eating. Those are very like practical human. Let me help you with this. But what I'm doing, you are becoming comfortable listening to the sound of my voice, allowing your body, allowing your mind to come into a very, very deep state of relaxation. What happens when we do that is, we go beyond something called the critical function, the critical factor. It's like the bodyguard. So we have this bodyguard who's like, you're at Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins is like, you're all billionaires. You can be a millionaire next year. And you're like, consciously, you're like, I hear it. Yes. I'm going to be a millionaire next year. And the bodyguard is like, no, that is information. We're not putting that in as a new belief. Just we're going to put it over here. So when we do hypnosis, we go beyond the bodyguard. We kind of like slip him a 20 and say like, take 10 minutes. Like we're going to go into this space. And when we have access to the subconscious, it is a circus. It is not linear. It is not logical. It's a circus in therapy. It's bananas. Like there are all kinds of things happening because it's our child self who has set up the space. It's like a carnival. And they're putting things together with like Tiki Tacky and Bubblegum. And it's like, why are you doing that? And the earlier version of us is like, this is how I did it. This is how I do it. So when that happens, this is how I do it. So in listening to these audios, we're accessing that space and we're bringing some order. I used to be a professional organizer for celebrities and industry executives in Los Angeles before I moved up here and had kids. And I think it's so funny because I would come into a space And it was like, okay, I need to assess. Let me see the worst of it. They're like, oh, it's the garage. And I'm like, let me see it. And I would see the garage and it's like, oh, there's no rhyme or reason. Like what is going on here? And then we've got to delete. We got to go through and say like, you know what, this whole thing, I'm not even rock climbing anymore. Let's get rid of all this rock climbing gear and let's take down the rock climbing wall because we don't need it anymore. So we have to remove and then there's more capacity and then we can bring order. And in the subconscious, I do the same thing. And I allow you to do the same thing. So I don't do single sessions of hypnosis. It's a whole process because if I do a single session, it will not benefit you as much as doing, hey, this is the issue you're working on. But I know that you have all of this that you don't even know to look at and all of this that you don't even know to look at. It's there within everybody. So I actually created a group hypnotherapy program that is Profound. It is based on the work that I do one to one, which is very, very high touch. Even if it's virtual, it's very, very elite. Like it's just like, it's for people who are like, I'm different. I'm here to do major things. I got to go do this thing. And then I was like, oh, I want to reach so many people. How could I possibly turn this into something? And then it was given to me while I was in the sauna. It just tapped me on the shoulder and it was like, here's how you do it. And so I've been running that now this year. And I take you through the exact process of clearing out the places that you don't know to look within yourself. It's all insight-based hypnosis. So I don't need to go back and forth with you. I can actually take you into the space and I can ask you the right questions in the right space and you will receive your own answers. That's the thing that's so beautiful about insight-based hypnotherapy is that it's not me coming in and saying, you believe you are the most beautiful woman in the world you believe you're the most beautiful woman in the world. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not trying to put in new beliefs. What I'm trying to do is create a space, make a path within your subconscious so that you can go and find... The answer. So the hypnosis audios are beautiful because they're working with energy. They're also working with your intention. So when we get our conscious intention, our subconscious programming, and our energy all in alignment, that's how we move forward. That's how we manifest what we need to do. But if our conscious is like, I'm going to make a million dollars next year, and the subconscious is like, we're poor, we have never had enough, we are never going to make a million dollars next year, you have something pointing at north and something pointing at southwest. And you cannot move in a direction. You will not go very far. And your energy, your emotional energy is influenced radically by your subconscious programming. It's like the colors of the drops. How many drops do you have that say we need to go this direction for safety and security? We can't can't trust ourselves. We've got to get external validation before we move forward because you've been trusting yourself had been taken away from you through experiences and whatever. So if someone is just kind of dipping in, I would say grab one of my audios. I mean, grab a hypnosis audio. I just know that mine are elevated because it's not just hypnotherapy. I just heard this quote. I listened to a podcast yesterday and in the beginning of the podcast, they had snippets of previous guests and one of them was Joe Dispenza. And I recognized his voice and I can't remember what he said. He said, oh, we can do this and we can do that. And he was like, but if you don't change your energy, nothing changes. And I'm like, that's exactly, I mean, he and I are sort of in the same school, like soul school. It's like, we're both here doing the same thing. We just have different ways of bringing it to, this group of people, and he brings it to this group of people. I know that our energy is the most important thing. So in my hypnosis audios, you are aligning your energy, you are beginning to work with your energy. And then the group is where I want 98.7% of the people to be because it is so beautiful. I have very, very powerful energy. And it can be very overwhelming to do one on one work with me. So I'm like, you will fall down. This is surgical. Like, I need to know that you have done a ton of work. I need to know that you are ready to actually remember, like actually remember and live from that aspect of you. But it's kind of like a cop. You get pulled over and the cop comes up with like the mag light. and He's like, Phew let me see what's in here. Open the trunk, open the hood, get out of the car. I got to check under the seats. Like that's me in the one-to-one sessions because I'm coming in and I'm going to look and I'm going to look really, really hard. And I'm going to allow you to see beyond what you are comfortable seeing so that you can actually move yourself forward. I do the same work within the group, but I'm like a lantern. So my light is diffused 360 degrees to this group of souls who are willing to do the work, but want a more gentle approach. And then they keep the tools That we do in these six sessions and they have access to hypnotherapy whenever they want because it's all recorded. And then they can go in and continue to do. So it's like they're gonna have the same result. It's just gonna take a little bit longer and it's gonna be a little more gentle (laughs) than me coming in and doing this really deep work. But those are the things that I do. And right now I'm actually creating standalone course, a mini journey course that is all about emotional energy. So I take you in and allow you to play with emotional energy and see where you're at and evaluate the areas of your life. And what does it feel like to be in those areas? And what does it feel like to be over here? And here's how you can shift it. Here's how you can take ownership of the present moment. So those are the things that are coming up. And it's really about being comfortable and trusting the hypnotherapist. So there are beautiful, brilliant hypnotherapists out there that you could go to that are not me that can move you forward in beautiful ways. I would just say, the very most important thing is that you vibe. You know what I mean? That you vibe with them. That it's like, I like the way they talk. I like the way I like the way their energy feels because that's going to allow you to rest deeply, to trust the process more than if you're just like, well, let me just find a hypnotherapist. It says hypnotherapy on here. Let me just go to this person. And that's how you empower yourself to do this beautiful deep work of going back and kind of alchemizing and coming into the present moment. And the comment that rang out for you about like, That has nothing to do with me. That's something that happens kind of throughout everyone's story. Because every human experience we've had has been with like generally another human who has been programmed. And so there is an extraordinary amount of grace that comes through doing this work of personally owning your past, even all the bad things that happened to you that you feel like never should have happened and were egregious and like awful. When you say, that's my story, that is what happened, but I'm going to shift my perception of the event into reality, the true, true, like the actual truth. When we take that kind of responsibility, it's like this, oh man, it's like this big uplifting. I can't even figure out how to explain it, but it's just like water rising. And you start to have such a profound amount of grace for yourself and for the people in your story. So the parents that could not hold space for you, you suddenly have grace for them. Oh, they had no idea because they came through, my grandparents, and they came through. And like Epigenetics show us that we carry stuff from, I don't even know, seven or 12 or whatever it is, generations above us. So, when we get to the present moment and we take responsibility for the experience that we are having and how we are doing it, we stop from passing it further. And we have, and there is just like this grace because you suddenly see the person who's having a hard time at the grocery store or the person who's having road rage. It's like, man, grace, because you're in it and you don't know that you're in it and you don't know how to get out of it. It's like we can talk ad nauseum with therapists or coaches or friends, or we can be journaling or whatever, and those are helpful, but they're still dealing with the limited conscious mind. When we access the subconscious, we access the root. We access the earlier times. It's not just about how do you manage the symptoms of the root that has its it's in the past. So many things we do are about managing the symptoms.
0: Wow. I am so drawn in and intrigued and excited. I can't wait to go listen to your audio recordings, which I will link to for the listener, by the way, of course, that's in the description, Heidi's website's right there. And I went to it and the audios are there and the group sessions and everything's so laid out. I'd love the simplicity of your website, Heidi. So for the listener, there's going to be a few locations to make it really easy for you to find her website. If you too want to download it, sign up for her newsletter so that's all together at WellEvator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. There's a full transcript, all of her amazing words of wisdom. I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, I can't wait to go through everything that you said and pull out some of my favorite moments to add into the show notes there. So the website will be there in the description as well as in the bottom resources Plus, it's also in the podcast description. So if you don't feel like going to a whole nother website of mine just to get to Heidi's, look below your podcast player in the description of this episode. It'll be there for you. So you can easily click over and download some of those audio recordings and check out these group sessions. I can't wait to do it. I'm sitting here thinking, wow, like I just want to dive in more, Heidi, because this has just been so insightful and delightful and nourishing and clarifying. It's just been such a gift to have you on the show. I have one final question for you before we wrap up, though, that I've been eager to ask you since you brought it up. I'm curious how you feel about Italy now that you have made all these changes and gone in different directions. Do you still feel called to go to Italy at some point? Is that something you think about? Or have you returned there since your divorce?
1: Yes, I love that you're asking me this. I just think that you're an incredible host and I love it. So, the Italy thing, it's funny. I think what was meant to be uncovered in me was very much something that I was hiding from myself. And when I divorced, like within a couple of months after I had that initial conversation, I was training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And one of my coaches taught a class. And suddenly it was like this curtain like energetic curtain lifted up. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's my person. That is my beloved. What the heck? And he is 19 years younger than me. And he is Italian. And we have been to Italy together. And I mean, that is one of my favorite places. We have a friend there right now. And I'm living through his posts on Instagram. But Italy was, had I gone there, I would have had this sort of uncovering of myself, of the parts of myself that I was keeping hidden from myself. It was very much about sexuality and just sort of like all of that kind of this whole other topic, but it was like Ooh, I've got to uncover something. And it was either going to happen in Italy if I had chosen to stay or go back for my 30th birthday. And instead, I wasn't ready. And I chose to get married to the safe. I pulled back and I did the safe thing that ended how it it ended. And then once I did that, then my capacity expanded once again. And here was this person. I didn't have to go to Italy. He was right here at the gym. (laughs) And now we've been together for Four years. We've been engaged for a year and a half. He is beloved by my children. I mean, it's seamless. So, one of my big dreams right now for my life is to, at some point for like, I don't know, two weeks or a month, rent a villa somewhere in the hills of Tuscany or whatever and just go and be. And I just think there's some sort of magical energy in Italy and in the Italians and in the food and in the lifestyle. So, I will go back. I will go back. And I have been back. (laughs) It took a minute. It took a hot minute to get back, but it was worth it because I was with this person who was able to pull back the curtain with me and allow me to become more whole.
0: That is so beautiful to hear and just fills me with joy. I'm so grateful that I asked you that and that you shared and your willingness to open up. And I feel like you have a book in you, at least like when you're mentioning (laughs) Elizabeth Gilbert, I'm thinking you could easily write a book like hers if you feel called to that because your stories are so compelling. And just it's a true journey with so many lessons there. That's really inspired me and captivated me this whole conversation. So thank you again, Heidi, for chatting with me, for revealing yourself in so many nuanced ways, teaching me and the listener lessons. I feel full of gratitude for you today. And I can't wait to hear more through your audio and everything else that you're doing. So this is just the beginning for me and hopefully the listener as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. This
1: just felt like a very aligned conversation and lots of respect and gratitude for sure. I appreciate it very, very much.